the lack of ego. I've always believed in myself and I'm a dog. Those were the quotes of media day for your Utah jazz open of the season. And we'll break down that plus a bunch of other notes next on locked on jazz. You are locked on jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David Locke, radio voice for Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Today, we run through media day. The quote of the day is an egoless group from John Collins. And we'll let you hear from John Collins, the exact quote. Plus, I asked John Collins, I'm confused of who you are as a player after your stint in Atlanta. Was it confusing for you? And hear what he had to say about that. Lowry Markkinen shares about what the positive impact of his military experience is. Plus, I asked Lowry Markkinen if he believes in himself more after last year than he did prior, and you'll hear that answer. We talked to Chris Dunn. Yesterday, I said that Chris Dunn, if I were him, I'd go to camp and I'd just eat these guys alive. And I asked Chris Dunn, if I was going to camp, I would do this. Is that what you're going to do? And he gives you that answer. Plus, what did Chris Dunn learn about himself in his 22-game stretch with the Utah Jazz? That's all coming up on a very fun Locked on Jazz today. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and this is Locked on Jazz. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube. We do love those five-star reviews because who doesn't like an ego boost? Actually, it helps a ton. Please subscribe, join us, and be a part of it, as well as the Jazz head to Hawaii to start training camp, and we've got it all broken down. Plus, I got about 15 notes for you from training camp that all took place. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time, the Game Time app. Create an account, download it now. Use your code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. All right, let's get to it straight away. We're just going to give you a bunch of the sound. John Collins is was most interesting because we hadn't talked to him before. I wanted to kind of interact with him, hear who he was and what he was like. So let's get him. Let's play two little one-minute snippets of John Collins, and we can talk about it um, as well. So let's share some screens um, and give you guys uh, a chance to actually hear John Collins uh, and what he said out of his voice rather than just me uh, characterizing it. Here's the first part from John Collins. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that has surprised me is the lack of ego in here. Um, it's refreshing, you know what I mean, to have a group of guys that truly emphasize playing team basketball and, and that want to do so. Um, it's nice for me to see um, and exciting for me to be around. And, uh, you know, it, that that helps me wake up in the morning motivated to go play. So that was the first part from John Collins. That was the quote that kind of jumped to everyone. It's an egoless group. You certainly can wonder whether there's a veiled shot in there from what he dealt with in Atlanta, which might have been a very ego-filled group. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, that's a really positive for him, that to be his energy with a new group. He's got a better understanding of it. And that's exactly what we talked about on yesterday's show, is that we've got to have that kind, that group to be able to play the way that Will Hardy wants to play. We'll touch on that some more. Here's the second part I thought was interesting with John Collins. 
And I asked John Collins, I, I just said, like, I got to be honest, I, I, you know, I don't know John at this point at all. I've never talked to him until t- yesterday. Uh, so it's a little awkward. And I said, like, hey, I don't know you yet, but, like, I'm a basketball junkie. And honestly, if someone asks me about your game right now, I, I just don't know. Like, it's just transformed and changed so much. I I, I just don't know. Um, and so I, I said, are you confused by what your journey is? And he asked me to kind of clarify confusing, and then here was his answer. Yeah, and, and, and that was part of, you know, I feel like who is who I am as a player going into Atlanta and being able to sort of adjust my game to what was being asked of me that year. And I feel like I did as best job as I could from being a roller, from being a five-man, to being a, a rim runner, to being a, a roller. You know, I tried to do everything I could to continue to stay effective and productive. And uh, sometimes things just just don't work out for whatever reason. I, I felt like I was doing a damn good job. But, you know, when your usage rate drops lower than it was in your rookie year, you know, I mean, that tells me a lot. So um, I didn't try to, you know, think about it too much. I just try to go out there and, and, and play basketball in a way that I could help affect my team, even though that wasn't the way that I've been used and been asked to, to play in previous years. And, you know, that's just the way the league works sometimes. So. Uh, I, I went back into the lab this summer and try to just get better and try to be prepared for everything. So. so that was John Collins kind of comment to his situation and what he's been through and how it's impacted him um, in his career. And so uh, I thought, it w- I thought those were, were really, really interesting quotes would be the first thing I would say. Um, the second one is he made some other comments that were of immense interest. He, he talked about how Will Hardy just plays different basketball than what he was used to playing in Atlanta, and he's excited for that. Obviously, Atlanta, heliocentric, centered around Trey. Um, and that's actually the comment he made before he made the lack of ego comment. So interesting that those two kind of played together. Um, you know, he should be the way that we play. I should be more rewarded. Um in the way the offense is working. And then he went into will place basketball differently than Atlanta. That's when he then went into lack of ego. His next thing he talked about, I had not thought of and was really interesting. And that was, he hoped to stretch his game out to the three. We've all, every conversation I've had about John Collins is John Collins playing the four to start and sliding to the backup five. What let's throw another thing out there. I, I hadn't thought about it till John said it, but we don't really have a back. Luka Samanich is in all likelihood our backup three. Ochai Abaji slides down. We get small as a backup three. If one of the signatures of who we are is that we're going to stay big the whole time. Well, then what about if we flip this the other way? John Collins slides to the three. You have Kelly Olenek and Omar Yurkseven on uh, on the floor together. Like, I, I don't, Omir, you know, I don't know uh, Yurkseven and, and how you know, what kind of player he's going to be. He played, you know, nine games last year for Miami, 56 the year before. He did play 13 minutes a night. I mean, you're if you're doing that, you're only doing that for three or four minute stints. And so you look at your sevens, 13 minutes a night and, you know, in 58 games two years ago, maybe he added a three last year um, in the sense he hit three of them in seven attempts. So it's not clear as one of 11 the year before. I, I really don't know. I mean, perfectly honest, I don't know enough about your sevens game <clears throat> to be like, is this a guy that can be a rim defender in the ilk of a backup five? And so we actually then have 48 minutes of rim defense at seven feet tall. Is this a guy who can stretch out and play 
with Kelly Olynyk, John Collins, and suddenly we're stretched five out. Um, that's something I'm going to be really curious to watch during training camp to see, you know, the 83% free throw shooting one year, 64% free throw shooting for his career doesn't tell me like the, the data points I would look for on your seven to try to figure out like, well, does that, I, I don't have them. And I don't, I didn't watch him enough. I mean, you know, to be perfectly honest with you at George in college, he shoots 70% and shoots uh, from the free throw line. He does make uh, like 25 threes. I think it was at North Carolina state and Georgetown. The only thing that was really interesting to me when I kind of dug into him last night, because of the fact that this, got to my thought is he's really young. He's 25 years old and he played at NC state as a freshman. He was 18. So um, I don't know. That was one thought that I, that kind of jumped out. Um, the other one I thought was really interesting about John Collins that maybe you knew and, and just, I, I think I knew, but it kind of, so one is that as a military kid, which we all knew because he was born in Layton, then he lived in Guam. He lived in Turkey. He lived in the Virgin islands. He lived in Florida. He lived in Tacoma. Most that's what he really thinks his home is the Pacific Northwest. That's the kind of guy you can adapt in a locker room easier because of that. That's those are the little tiny things that actually matter a little bit because I think they they open up an opportunity for you to kind of get along with different people in different stages in your life and you've had a lot of different experiences and you've had to make friends and learn how like that's a real skill. I mean, you know, frankly, like one thing that's super interesting to me right now is these guys are all my kids' age. Like I've gotten old enough that these guys are all my kids' age and a lot of the stories my kids come back and tell me, I can kind of relate to what they're going through, particularly when I was talking to Keontae about goal setting. I just felt like I was talking to my daughter. Um, but like one thing my son's talked about going to college is like some of his, some of the people he knows like know how to make friends or don't. Some were in such kind of closed group situations that they didn't really, they hadn't really learned how to make friends, that the their friends were kind of made for them by the school system they were in or the small group that they were in by or the sports team they were in. Well, if you're John Collins and you've gone, lived in, in, in Guam and lived in Turkey and lived in the Virgin Islands and lived in Tacoma and moved every five or six years. And you've had to learn how to make friends and that's learned how to interact with different types of people. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting um, group. The last one John Collins said that kind of jumped out to me was he has just never played with skilled bigs before. So you think about John Collins playing with Kelly Olynyk and Lowry Markkinen, he's never played with skilled bigs before. And that's probably true. Um, Clint Capella was the most recent big he's played with in Atlanta his other, you know, he was the starting center and the others. Um, so that will be interesting to see, uh, what that means from Lowry Markinen. I asked him, well, first we'll hear from Lowry. They'll all play together about what he learned about himself in military that will parlay onto the court. Um, and two, I asked Lowry if he believes in himself more or trained differently. And if he believes himself more than he did in the past, um, because of last year. We'll hear that from Lowry, plus some other interesting comments from Lowry. And then Chris Dunn kind of stole the show to end the day uh, yesterday. Plus, I got a ton of notes, which I'll either get to today or uh, this week as training camp continues all week long. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Ron Boone and I will be in Hawaii for you Sunday to tip this thing all off. Excited uh, to get the season going. I'm super juiced right now, uh, to be totally honest with you about everything. So we'll have that as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located in Linden, Logan, and in Murray at 4646 South State Street. The Hyundai lineup of cars is killing it. The Ionic 5 is the Motor Trend SUV of the year. The Ionic 6 is the car of the year. The new 2024 Kona 
Oh my gosh, is it styling and cute and fun. Same kind of size as the very popular Subaru sports track and now stealing that market. What a fun car out there starting right at about $30,000, getting 32 miles to the gallon with all-wheel drive. Wow, 190 horsepower. And there's the new Kona Electric that's also available. So estimated range of about 260 miles. So that is just awesome. Uh, that they have added those. The lineup of cars is just so great. The Santa Cruz is a sports adventure vehicle I was driving earlier. was so fun. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also in Logan and Lynn, if you're going to stop by, please tell me first so that we can get you the VIP treatment that you deserve at Locked On Jazz. We have it all set up for you at all those places. So please do so. If you're out shopping, it's football season. You want pizza. You want wings. You're doing just the grocery shopping for the family. It all feels like it costs a little bit more right now, and it probably does. So let me introduce you to Ibotta that gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so that you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Link your loyalty accounts or upload your receipt after you shop and you get cash back. The average Ibotta user earns up to $100 per year. That could be a plane ticket. That could be another day of groceries. That could be whatever it is. You can get Ibotta at Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, also so online brands. So download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Ibotta is I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. And then the promo code LOCKED will get you going. Just go to the App Store, Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, use the promo code Locked and get started today and save while you're shopping as you get ready for whether it's football games or whatever it might be. A lot of fun, little fun sitting around watching the jazz on Jazz Plus, whatever it might be. All with Ibotta promo code LOCKED. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Have you subscribed to Jazz Plus yet? The numbers are big time coming in right now. People are jumping all over it. It's so reasonable at $125 a season. Plus, if you do it now, you get two free tickets. So go jump on it right now. NBA.com slash jazz slash jazz plus. Make sure you are a jazz plus member. Get the exclusive content. Ron and I will be doing a bunch of stuff. The jazz content crew is doing amazing stuff. By the way, big shout out to the jazz content crew for uh, having all the interviews up on YouTube. Um, and they're available for you if you want to go through Media Day. I'm obviously giving you the three things that I thought were highlights. Let's go to Lowry Markin, who is really, by the way, one of my biggest takeaways of the day yesterday was just truly what a delightful person Lowry Markin is. Um, that was kind of one of my big takeaways yesterday is he's just such a fun. He sat down. The first thing he did was make fun of Tony Jones, which we all like. Um, and then in this, in, in this thing, Andy Larson drops a bottle of water, and you can see him just kind of busting his butt. It's just great. Lowry's just a super good dude. And by the way, like on Muscle Watch and a bunch of guys, golly, is he just an unbelievable chiseled Adonis. I mean, I just went and saw Michelangelo's David and Lowry Markin is like the walking version of it. It's crazy. His physical condition, his jawline, his lack of body fat. He, wow, was he just chiseled. So if anybody had any worry that the military stuff was going to impact him, do not. All right. Here's what Lowry answered to a Salt Lake Tribune reporter about um, what's going on with uh, what, what he learned kind of off the court military. And then I asked him about, uh, whether he trained differently after kind of knowing his role. And then I followed with a quick follow-up and he gives the greatest answer. So listen very closely at the very end of this. It's going to run for a minute. Pushes yourself. Push me uh, individually, kind of not take any days off, not take any 
plays off during the games or practice and really do the right things and uh, can't really be messing around. I think that's kind of a – that keeps you on track for sure. This is the first time you've gone to an offseason knowing you're the, like, the man for the team the next year. How did that change the way you approached your offseason or how you approach feel right now? Approach is the same way, same hunger that uh, I've always had every offseason, and that's what I really – Really try to work on the because I know the season's gonna look. Yeah. <laughs> season's gonna <laughs> look a little different, but I mean, it was uh, motivating me at the same time to work even harder, kind of, because we really want to step into that leader role on the court, like playing wise as well. So. You believe in yourself differently now than you did. I've always believed in myself. Not a great answer. Do you believe in yourself differently than you did a year ago? I've always believed in myself. Oh, wait a second. We got day in the life of Shaden Sharp is what YouTube decided I need next. I do not need a day in the life of Shaden Sharp. Uh, <laughs> all right. So a little bit more on Lowry. Um, I, I just thought that was great. I mean, he's just that. I just thought that was great. Like that comment, that quote. I've always believed in myself. That was the perfect answer. If you've been around athletes, that's exactly what you want to hear. That's what every sports psychologist would tell you is the right answer. That's, you know, um, so super interesting. Big conversation from Will Hardy the other day about Lowry Markin. It was about his need to lead. He didn't ask for it, but he's now the leader. What I think was really interesting about Lowry yesterday was how much he understands that, but he also understands how he's going to be capable of doing that rather than maybe the way we think of leadership. But Lowry's an introvert by nature. Like that's his, I mean, he's fun and he's energetic and he's actually pretty humorous. It was, it was a really funny day last year at Shoot Around. It was the day we were in Memphis. It was the day after Valentine's Day and they were trying to build a zone to stop John Morant's drives. And the coach was like, put your hands out, touch each other's hands. And he was next to Jordan. And he looked at it and he goes, you know, yesterday, Valentine's Day, I'd hold his hand, but not today. You know, it was just super funny kind of interactions. Um, and then there was another moment where they were like at shoot around that same day. And um, and uh, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but they're doing something. And and um, it was something about, hey, when they swing it to this guy, he's going to shoot it every time. And and Lowry turned to Jordan like, do you understand that? Like you got like, it was just super fun. So he's, he's as much as an introvert, He's very fun to be around. He's got a great personality. He's very kind of witty, which usually to me means he's very bright. But his instinct's not to like walk into the locker room and MF the crew and go crazy or something like that or, you know, scream and yell and and go nuts. That's not who he is. So when he was talking about leadership, I thought it was really interesting what, what he talked about. He's like, I'm going to lead by example. And even Will said the other day, he's got to be aware, aware to not change his demeanor and his body language. They're all watching him now at every moment. And he seemed to be aware of that. And then the other thing he talked about was, I just have to continue to be communicating with the group. And that's where I think the biggest change is for Lowry. Lowry's instinct would be to be this funny guy, interact, you know, be part of the team, go to work, show up, be in perfect physical condition, bust his ass every day, come early, stay late, all the things you want, but then probably go to dinner with some buddies by himself, stay off to the side. He's not a rah-rah guy. And I think he understands now, like, okay, I actually have to be the one communicating. If there's a burden to this, right? If someone's not playing well, I probably have to reach out, whether it's via text or just tapping them on the shoulder, check how they are. Um, John Collins shared that he got a text from Lowry the minute he got traded 
See, I don't think that's something Lowry would have naturally done. I think that's the de- Lowry's, de- I don't know that, but that's Lowry's development of leadership coming together. Um, so I think that's, um, I think that's kind of where Lowry understands his leadership is it's by being in constant communication with the players. So they feel connected to him and then he can lead by example. Then he can lead by action so that they feel that connection rather because he's just not going to be a raw, raw guy. So I think that was, um, really interesting insight and shows some growth, um, from Lowry on that one. The other one is on a basketball court. He talked about footwork to create separation. And the thing on Lowry is first half of the season last year, his isolation numbers were amazing. Second half of the season, they were bad. And some of that was who he was playing with. Some of that was teams adjusting. Some of that was right. So him being in a new role, he's never been in. I thought the most incredible part of Lowry last year, frankly, was that he handled being in a role that he'd never been in before in a manner by which he, the scouting reports came and he never flinched and he just kept kind of getting through all that. And it led me, you know, super impressive to me that he was able uh, to kind of keep that going all, all year long. And so, but there was some slippage of efficiency. He also wasn't playing with Mike Conley, wasn't playing with Malik Beasley, wasn't playing with some of those guys um, by the end of the year. Um, but so he talked about footwork to create separation. That'll be something I'll be keeping an eye on here during training camp, during uh, the preseason games to keep an eye on what that footwork is, who he's working with. I'll talk to his coaches. I'll get you more on all of that. All right. Chris Dunn, I thought kind of stole the show um, on a bunch of fronts. And I've got three different snippets uh, I'm going to try to get for you on Chris Dunn. Uh, One about just kind of what he learned about himself in the 22-game run with the Jazz. Um, What uh, I asked Chris Dunn, if you listened, if you're an everydayer and you listened to yesterday's show, I said if I was Chris Dunn, I'd be like looking around the room like Hunger Games, being like, okay, I'm knocking you off and then I'm knocking you off. and then So I asked Chris Dunn specifically that, like if that's his approach coming into this and he gave an interesting uh, thought on that. And then I thought he had, uh, he and Omer Yerksevin both had some interesting kind of comments that if you're into sports psychology and athletics and performance um, with both my kids playing sports still, I am very much and hear these things and then relay them to which they probably hate Um, probably terrible parenting. Um, But I do. Um, So he had a really interesting comment on that. And then I'll wrap this up with the story of the whole media day from one Jordan Clarkson. It's all continuing as we roll through on your daily podcast in the Utah jazz locked on jazz. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Josh Lloyd's got Locked on Fantasy Basketball rolling, Locked on NBA rolling as well. All right, let's go to Chris Dunn. Um, hope this has all worked correctly. I think I did it correctly. You never know with me. I'm getting old. Technology is not always my friend. All right, here's Chris Dunn. Um, this is right after I've just asked him. Basically, what I just what I said a moment ago, like, okay, if I was you coming to camp, I would be doing the following, checking this guy, looking at this guy, marking this guy, knocking them all off. I'm on a non-guaranteed contract, and I'm here to prove myself. I'm playing for my life. Here's what he said. No, I think uh, that was my mentality when I was younger. You know, uh, that's how I kind of approach things. But, you know, as being a veteran guard, it's almost like, you know, go out there, play my game, but at the same time, you know, uh, try to teach. You know, we got a lot of young guards. Um, I know defense is, you know, one of my, you know, main things I can lean on. And, uh, you know, I want to help people become even better defenders. I think Oates could be a really good defender. I think Taylor could be a really good defender. Uh, Keontae, 
uh, Colin, I think he is a good defender. Um, just try to teach him some of my tricks. And then I'm one of those guys, I'm like a sponge. You know, I even go up to the rookies, ask them what they think. Uh, you know, we got a lot of offensive talents on the team. I like to pick their brains and put it in my game. So uh, I think uh, this training kit is just to compete and learn from each other. So interesting comments from Chris. Chris was very, very insightful um, on a bunch of this. Let's go grab kind of part two of what I thought was interesting on Chris. We asked him what he learned. Andy Larson, I think, asked the first question, and then I followed up with what did you learn about yourself um, in the 22-game stretch you had with the Jazz? Uh, I'm a dog. Um, honestly, just, uh, you know, through my journey, you know, a lot of people might have might have quit. You know, when things got rough, you know, I got a lot of good people around me, my family. You know, I got to give credit to them, you know, God, um, my guardian angel. So I just I feel like through my journey, I stayed even kill. You know, uh, I really do have love for this game. And I think that's what kept me going. Just my passion and my drive for this game. And uh, I appreciate the Jazz giving me the opportunity and uh, let's see what I could do with it. I think that last part is the essence of Chris from the conversations I've had with him is that, you know, he he is is his heart, his will, probably not his will, his heart, his love for the game. Some of those things got broken in the process um, through Chicago, through being bounced around. And then when he went back to the G League and he found out who was really, truly loyal to him, because at that point, it's, you know, when you're in the G League playing, you know, th- there aren't people around you anymore. Um and he, I think that's when he really learned, you know, he got that love of the game. I had a great conversation last year. I, I'm I'm playing a shot here. He he gave a really fun kind of closing thing to the whole day where he ran through um, his thoughts on Taylor Horton Tucker, Bryce Sensabon, Keontae, and I, I'm going to see if I can just get lucky and grab it. You got a flamethrower. That's, I, I missed by like 10 seconds. So give me, give me a little window here. If you're still with us on the show, you like me enough. All right, here it is. Here's, here's Chris Dunn kind of running through his teammates. I mean, their own personal identity and their own style. Uh, I can start with Keontae. I mean, I tell him each and every day, he got a flamethrower. The kid can knock down shots. You know, he can shoot the ball really well. Um, For a young age, he got a good IQ. Um, You know, uh, defensively, I want to help him. But uh, I think he got a a swag about him, a confidence. That's why I love. I feel like on the court, I I could play right next to him. Cause he got that same kind of swag and confidence that I like to play with Taylor. Taylor's like a hard hat, you know, he don't do too much talking. He want to get in here work. He want to go hard each and every day. Um, and Bryce, that's, I call him like the smooth operator, you know, off the court, he going to have the fit to him, but on the court, I mean, he could knock down shots. He could put it on the deck and everything's just like calm, smooth, but you know, each and every one of them, they come in and work. Um, they don't complain. They do their job. And I mean, who can't appreciate that? So there's a little bit about the three youngsters from Chris Dunn. Um, and that's a lot of the media day stuff. I've got other notes for you from media day that I'll kind of have um, throughout the week for you um, a little bit more on the kind of the Chris Dunn. Um, what I thought was really interesting from Chris Dunn is he, he talked about if you keep your mind clear, the magic comes from the work. So true. Right. And he just kept, I asked a lot of these guys, like, what would you tell the youngsters about, when they say what, you know, if they came up to you and asked you what's harder than we think it's going to be, what would your answer be? And uh, that, you know, Chris Dunn gave the answer, but then kind of said like the key is you got to keep your mind clear and the magic comes from the work. I mean, for those who've done meditation, you know, it's the, the, the phrase in, in Buddhist meditations, the monkey mind, 
where you've just got things going all the time. Like I think as, as a, as a, as a player, or anyone, you can, you can create stories in your head that don't exist um, or that are detrimental to your well being. And I think, you know, he's talking about, you know, keep your mind clear and then the magic comes from the work. But if you do the work and then you have a, a confused brain or, or a, a dirty brain or, a, or, a you know, just creating artificial stories in your head, then you're probably not going to get there. Um, the other one was Omir Yerkshaven, who I asked um, what uh, heat culture was like. And I'll, I'll probably try to grab that uh, tomorrow or something because I thought it was really interesting. Uh, constant competition to stimulate growth, conditioning and strength are required for constant competition. I thought that was really an interesting concept. So his his version of heat culture was that we're in constant competition at all times to stimulate growth, but that conditioning and strength are required to be able to have constant competition. Love that. Um, so those were my two kind of big takeaways. The story of the day was I asked Jordan Clarkson whether or not last year his kind of most unique moment was walking the runway um, in some of the Giorgio Armani, I think it was, uh, shows in, in Italy, um, what was his most unique thing this year? And he shared that he went on tour with his girl for, I think he said, two weeks. Um, if you don't know, she's a really popular punk star, um, like three million Instagram followers, like big, big in that world. Um, and he said their tour bus crashed in Germany that the driver basically fell asleep and drove off the road, got ill, he said, um, and lost control of the tour bus. Nobody was hurt, but they ended up like tilted on their side and had to spend a little time in Germany. It was a very Jordan-esque story in the sense that Jordan's like, yeah, just chill, whatever, um, but like crazy. So Jordan's on a tour bus this summer that crashed in Germany um, while he was touring uh, with his girl. All right, that's a bunch of media day. I got a whole page worth of other, well, where is it? There, page worth of other notes for you um, that we'll have for the everydayers tomorrow on the program. And we'll start getting a little bit more basketball and a lot of preseason. I haven't done any of my preseason projection work I've already put out. So it's all coming up as we continue on Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Please be with us every day. We're walking toward opening day. It's kind of awesome. Love it. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.